Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. Is it? Is it really? Well, either way, uh, it sounds like it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. I, I guess let's do it. Let's start the show. So, as as I imagine you can tell from from the intro, um, I'm I'm sad. Uh, it's a it's a really it's been a rough. I mean, the the month of January is barely over, uh, and it's already been a, an impossibly rough year to be a New Orleans sports fan. Um, mm. I, I'm not going to talk about one of the things that just it's. Uh, I'm taking solace in the fact that 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 horrible outcome provided me with some some enjoyment at the expense of Atlanta drivers who had to see some billboards. Um, but uh, we're we're recording this two days after uh, Anthony Davis requested a trade from the Pelicans, and yes, which he got sucks. fined for. He did. Which... He got fined the equivalent of like a, a year's salary for like a normal working stiff yeah um, just for for saying something through his agent um but I, I, I'm, I'm bummed out this is this is no fun um <clears throat> it's kind of made all the worse by by the fact that i've known this was coming for a long time um i've essentially yes. known uh I, I was i was doing the math the other day and uh the then new orleans hornets won the draft lottery on May 30th, 2012. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if I'm, if I'm really, if I'm being honest with myself, I think that was the day that I knew this was going to come. Yeah. Um, so, so let, let's, I'm sure I will have plenty of opportunities to, to share my, my very raw emotional feelings about, about this occurrence. But, but why don't, why don't I let, you guys guide this conversation so I don't just spiral down into depression live on the radio. Well, so I would I would say that that um, you know first off, Max, your team's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No issues there. Yeah. Uh, also, you're probably pretty excited right now with this Anthony Davis news. Are you not? Uh, yeah, I guess it's 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 exciting. He's yeah, the one with the you- eyebrow, right? Yeah, the singular, yeah. and uh, you know, you know, who really likes him too is I think uh, Mr. Danny, Danny Ainge. Ainge. Yeah, yeah, you're familiar with him. Of he's he's known for getting what he wants. That's that's correct, right? I hope In- so. Including not Markel Fultz. He 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 pulled that one over, and also no longer Paul Pierce or Kevin Garnett, and and taking the Nets franchise and rolling him into a rug, lighting it on fire, and throwing it into the East River. Um, so I think that, that, you know, there's, there's hope yet for Anthony Davis, maybe not for New Orleans if they have to deal with, with Danny Ainge, but you know, at least someone on this podcast can be excited about that. Right, Megs? Uh, sure. Yeah. Do you suppose so? I mean, it depends what Boston is going to give up for him. Yeah. To to be fair, I, 
in a rare, in a very rare occurrence, I am actually rooting for Boston sports in this particular scenario as well. Uh, we're not really a sports podcast, so we're not going to dig into the arcana of the NBA's collective bargaining agreement, but there are weird rules in place that prohibit the Celtics from trading for Anthony Davis. The, you know, the NBA trade deadline is a couple days after this pod is going to go up. Uh, yeah. But the Celtics will not be able to trade for him, for Anthony Davis, unless they trade Kyrie Irving for him, uh, because yeah. they're the, because of the you know language in their contracts. Um, but I would like uh, I would like for for my my hometown team to to hold on to the best player they've ever had in the history of the franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. Until the end of the season, and then trade him to the Celtics, uh, which uh, you know this announcement was explicitly designed to prevent from happening. Uh, yes, it was, and, and so you know uh, the the rampant NBA speculation ha- has been, uh, particularly ever since last year when he uh, he ditched his agent and signed with Clutch Sports. Uh, that that he he was going to spurn the five year two hundred and forty million dollar contract that the Pelicans were going to be able to offer him uh, to go to Los Angeles and sign with the Lakers, mm-hmm. and so there there naturally has been a ton of speculation that because of this announcement uh, and when it's taking place before the trade deadline, uh, it's designed to give the Lakers the ability to get a head start on their, you know, their old school rival uh, to try and and nip in there with their own stash of young players and draft picks uh, to to trade for the Brow. But I don't want that because uh, I've been paying attention to the NBA for the last month, uh, like Mm -hmm. since LeBron got hurt. Uh, and, and those those young players have had to carry the load, uh, and they might not be very good. Uh, but I'm still, even though he's not playing as well this year as he was last season as a rookie, I'm still pretty confident that Jason Tatum is quite good. And so I, for, for me at least, and I'm hoping for uh, the Pelicans and their... Uh, incompetent general manager who I will get to shortly, Del Demps, uh, that that they decide that they can't trade him until uh, whatever the Celtics offer is going to be can be on the table to at least to at <coughs> least force other teams to make competitive offers. Yeah, and I was going to ask about that, Max. You're you're on the ground in in the epicenter, quite literally, of of Boston. Um, how how deep is that love for Jason Tatum? I feel like it's quite deep. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not that on the ground, but my understanding is that people like him quite a bit, yeah. myself I mean, included. Uh, yeah, I, I figured like, what is the conversation at your local dunks? You know, I think it's mostly about his shoes that zip themselves up. <laughs> <laughs> Those, Those are, were cool. 
Uh, I think they're probably very stupid as Dan McQuaid on on. I was just worried. What if someone like hacked the app and you know loosened his shoes while he was about to dunk and he tripped? I mean, like that. I mean, listen, listen. My shoes got we, hacked, man. I mean, we can listen. worry about the dangers of self-driving cars, or we can worry about that. You, you, I, I've chosen which one I'm going to worry about. It sounds like you have too, Max. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Yeah, listen, I I take I take much pleasure in that thought as as well as the one that the people who are walking around in public while facetiming are now getting hacked. Also, this is that it, it's a it's a good week. Um, maybe maybe not for <clears throat> as a Pelicans fan, but um, so I, yeah. I I do want to clarify that what I my dream scenario is that they wait until the summer and trade him to the Celtics for a, yeah. a nice fat haul. And then but, he leaves Boston when he becomes, and that he then leaves Boston when he becomes a free agent anyway. Yeah, yeah leaving yeah. Danny Ainge with no Tatum, uh, depleted draft stock, and no Anthony Davis, and at that point probably also no Kyrie Irving. Yeah, um, I, but I don't. Good luck getting Kyrie to pass the ball, though. I mean, well, <laughs> let's see what so, happens. So, so to your question, <clears throat> who who will be the Pelicans' general manager on? July 1st, when the Celtics will be able to trade for Anthony Davis? I couldn't tell you, uh, but I am reasonably confident that it will not be the person who is the general manager right now, Del Demps. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> you, you, may, you may recall, if you're a, a student of, of basketball history, uh, that, that contrary to something you texted earlier, Pierce, uh, there actually was a time before the New Orleans basketball team had Anthony Davis uh, when they had another transcendent player at the top of the league who decided that he wanted out and he wanted to go someplace uh, where he could win uh, and then wound up choosing a franchise in Los Angeles who did not have a tradition of winning um, – I mean, really, the Still Lakers don't. don't have a tradition of winning right now either, but uh, the, the Clippers... Well, to be fair, Chris Paul tried to get traded to the Lakers. Um, yeah. and, and effectively was. <laughs> I mean, well, he was. He was until he wasn't. Uh, but Del Demps was, I, I believe, was the general manager at that time. Uh, certainly was the, the GM who drafted Anthony Davis and has proceeded to cartoonishly and catastrophically fuck it up at every single turn since with the exception of trading for drew holiday um there there is something there's something to be said and and we'll we'll get to we'll get to another controversial nba front office executive soon uh but there there is something to be said for when you get your hands on a star player you have to you have to capitalize there there's a limited you know there's a limited window of time especially if you're a team in a smaller market new orleans is a smaller market uh where you you have to capitalize and make proactive moves to win now or something remotely resembling now if you want to keep your superstar around for the long haul um Lighting first round picks on fire for Omer Ashik, uh, not yeah. not a way to do that. Um, the whole what happened with Demarcus Cousins almost redeemed Dell Demps in my eyes when they they traded for him. 
Uh, but I, truthfully, right now, I'd rather have Buddy Heald and, and whoever that first-round pick was going to be. Um, because Cousins walked away for nothing uh, after he played half a season and then tore his Achilles. Well, and guess where he is now? Um, he, you know, he's in he's in Oakland. But yeah, but Del Dems didn't try to to keep him. He, correct. It's not like the going rate was 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 very much on that. Um, well, I so I have a theory that the going rate would have been significantly higher for the Pelicans. Um, but just. Know, I know that that you're you're intimately familiar with sort of a, a generalized sense of franchise incompetence uh, from from being <laughs> a Washington yeah, sports person yeah. hold, hold for on. a long time. Hold on, hold on, just a second. You know, you said your January is bad in the D.C. area. People woke up at woke up January first and here and. So a lot of them had jobs but weren't getting paid and ended up didn't getting paid for a month. And they still had Ernie Grunfeld. And they'd had him for about 20 years before. So it's all relative to me. That's why it's pretty okay. Because if you keep your expectations low and understand this reality, it's always going to be fine. But I don't have Danny Ainge here. Brow. But here's the thing. Yeah, when you have, when you have Anthony Davis, uh, your expectations kind of can't be low. They have to be high. Um, so I just, I I don't, I don't understand. Part of, part of the problem is that, um, that, you know, I, I, we, we talked a little bit about the, the Chris Paul saga back in 2009 and, uh, you know, or, or 2010, whatever, whatever year it was, it, yeah, the, the NBA, uh, the Hornets were in a very, confusing ownership ownership why is that a hard word to say ownership situation at the time uh the the guy who who moved the team from charlotte to new orleans uh george shin uh had had kind of skipped out on the team uh it was technically was owned by the nba at the time uh, which is part of why there was a great deal of backlash from the other owners to david stern uh vetoing the agreed upon trade with the Lakers but eventually the the franchise was sold for kind of a sweetheart deal uh to the late Tom Benson uh who was also the owner of the Saints because they were looking for a local owner you know we're still we were only a few years removed at the time from uh the from post Katrina when the uh, Hornets played part of their season in Oklahoma City, paving yeah. the way for um, paving the way for the Thunder to move shortly thereafter. And I think there was there was still that was a time when there was a bunch of speculation about the Maloof brothers moving the Kings to Las Vegas. Um, and, and I think the Stern and the league decided we don't want you know. We don't want another team, you know, to have a lot of talk about moving. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> is sort of interesting uh, when I consider as a New Orleans sports fan that Tom Benson nearly moved the Saints several times. Um, but they sold it to Tom Benson and his family to keep the team in town. And to this day, they still haven't 
really built out a, a full basketball franchise. There are still people that are working across both the Saints and the Pelicans. I mean, this this thing was kind of doomed from the beginning. So, and you say, I mean, you say doomed, and, and you talk about this, and you mention Chris Paul, and Chris Paul was a Hornet. Chris Paul was, he was a Pelican. He was, that's true. And, and that seems like semantics, but the thing is, is that they rebrands are big right now. Max, you're familiar with the Wii Company, but oh, I think that that was a powerful thing that that the the New Orleans franchise did was you know there was this we need to keep them here the Chris Paul saga and they became the Pelicans which feel as you may about that name but it is a new name and that name exists you know with uh, Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis only so. I think the thing that I'm looking at when I'm considering this, you know, Kawhi Leonard is is a is another top ten player, and he requested a trade from a from the Spurs, and Paul George had his request for a trade from the Pacers, basically, um, and then you had Jimmy Butler requesting a trade basically twice. But <laughs> the thing in those situations is um, the Spurs and the Pacers and the Bulls, as well as the Timberwolves. They all exist without, you know, those players as the singular support of their franchise. So the thing you're dealing with now, and, and you say Doom, um, is, you know, Sean, you know, is, is the franchise doomed without this player that is their stalwart? Well, okay. So so you, you're getting where I want to go, which is what happens now? Like, what, where, where do we go from here, and, and what does it all mean and there is a part of me that wants to be a you know a, a dumb, loud reactionary and say fuck it, move the team to Seattle. I'd rather, I'd rather the NBA have the Sonics again than have to deal with this farce again. Um, mm-hmm. But that's also not super realistic yet. Um, so so instead, I, I, I'm left to consider you know your star player has requested to be traded away. There's not a ton of, of, you know, of kind of long-term value on the roster around him. Uh, so I, I think, and, and I think I'm going to catch some flack for, from you for this uh, as the resident hinky head uh, of this podcast. And, and I very much anti-Sam Hinky. Um uh, they've got to sell everything that moves and and refuse to play Anthony Davis the rest of the season. They have to go in the tank immediately. I mean, uh, he's I'm... he's out right now. He's hurt. I just this this finger issue, uh, it would be It's a little odd. It's I, a little I, odd. Well, no, 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 he actually hurt himself. Yeah. But it would it would be mighty convenient if it just happened to uh to stay aggravated uh or or, or if the the team were to decide that uh, you know, for for his his health and and the future of his career, that you know they don't want to risk uh, a re-injury. Uh, shut it down. Sell everything that is not bolted to the goddamn floor. Julius Randle gone. Nikola Mirotic gone. Etwan Moore gone. The only I, I really I believe this in my heart of hearts. I think the only player 
on the roster who you even consider keeping is Drew Holiday. And really, I'd probably trade him too. His value has never been higher than it is right now. He's also he's I don't know how old he is, but he's he's, he's not a spring tw- chicken. He's twenty eight, I wanna say. Um, oh, and is making a bunch of money. That is true, but he established himself last year in a rare playoff run for the Pelicans <laughs> as maybe the best defensive guard in the NBA. I mean, he's got he yeah. does have value in a way that a uh, a guard playing within the Beltway certainly does not. Um, Fat John Wall. Fat yeah, John Wall. Yeah. Um, I, but just. I, you know, for the first time in a while, they ha- they own their own picks. And so there's an extent to which I, I do appreciate. Let me detour for a second. I'm not mad at Anthony Davis. I'm, I'm very, I'm bummed out. I'm really bummed out because I loved him. And especially after what happened with Chris Paul, you know, mm-hmm. having another guy come in as a rookie who was really great and was growing and developing in the city into one of the best players in the league. It was awesome. It was so cool. The t- I, I will never forget the time that I met him in, in the hallway of the TV station where I was working. It was really great. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't begrudge him, you know, I don't begrudge him doing what he thinks is right for his career. He's not ever going to win a championship playing in New Orleans. It's never going to happen. And so if that is something that you want, if you want the, you know, the media notoriety of playing with LeBron or playing in a larger market, you can't get that in New Orleans. And I get all of that. So in a time. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I think in in a a time of max contracts, you create this situation where. You know, he's going to get effectively the same amount of money, probably more, to go to Los Angeles because he'll get, right. you know, the, the sponsorship deals and everything else. This is this is the nature of it, and this is in many ways the owner's fault, so they're shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, you mentioned the word small market earlier. As we've learned with baseball right now, there's no such thing as small markets. I mean, I understand what you mean. Well, a, but the difference is that there is a there is such thing as a small market from the standpoint of where do players want to go? When players have free agency, when they have the the option to move where they want to move and are unencumbered by a current contract, they don't come to New Orleans. So yeah. so there's that. So there you have to build, you know, if you're the Pelicans, you basically have to build through trades in the draft. And that's why yeah. so redirecting back to where do we go from here? For the first time since I I can remember, looking for a few years. They own all their draft picks, and so in a way, it, it was it was good of Anthony Davis to to make his trade request now because there was a possibility that they were going to try to trade for another piece this year to to make a a foolish run at a bottom uh, bottom seed playoff spot, uh, which they were going to fuck up and and fail to do anyway. Uh, but now they have their first round picks. And presumably, you know, when they Someone trade loses. when they trade him, whether it's at the deadline or uh, or over the summer, one of the things that's going to come back is multiple draft picks. Now, yeah. I, I just I don't think what I'm saying 
is inconsistent with my hatred for Sam Hankey. Uh, because it is ultimately an entertainment product. And Sam Hinkie engaged on a multi-year campaign of flipping the birds to the fans of the Philadelphia 76ers openly and with great malice. All for the thought that one day, one day down the road, long after many of you have canceled your season tickets in disgust, um, and, and probably hung and burned me in effigy, we'll have Joel Embiid. Um, and so that is no good. That is still, even if it is perhaps the highest percentage way to, you know, to build uh, an NBA team with star players, uh, it is still a shitty way to run a business uh, where you depend on the support of people. Uh, but the Pelicans are in a unique situation where now, like, they're not doing that well right now, so they could tank the rest of this year. The season's lost. It's over. Uh, and between their draft pick and whatever they return in a trade for Anthony Davis, they could actually retool pretty quickly. So I would be very, <clears throat> I would be very upset if they decided – well, it's time for us to tear it down and start planning for 2023. But, you know, they have, theoretically, they have some options. I mean, I don't like, I don't particularly like what the Lakers have out there um, in terms of their young players. I don't think that on a team with LeBron, uh, the Lakers slate of draft picks is all that enticing either, especially if Anthony Davis is there. Those draft picks are only going to get worse. Um. You know, there have been some some interesting things floated about uh, the Sixers, the the former the former Hinky organization stepping in and, and dealing one of those process picks, Ben Simmons, um, which you know it 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 perked my ears up, it it caught my attention, uh, but ultimately, I, I don't know that that's really the right way to go either. So. It comes down to the Celtics, whatever the Celtics offer over the summer, which hopefully is built around Jason Tatum and the Kings pick, um, or the New York Knicks. Now, Anthony Davis talked about wanting to go somewhere where he could win. And, man, if there has ever been an NBA franchise that at least in the modern era has a magnificent track record of just being really terrible and being poorly run and never really being in it, even when they were in it. It's the Knicks. And yet somehow it seems like that might be an appealing place for him. You know, it's, it's New York. Um, it would offer him a, a great deal of, you know, star ability. Plus, not to mention the fact that the Knicks are rumored to be players for uh, guys that are becoming free agents in this offseason, like Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. Um, but, you know, there's also a possibility that the Knicks are going to have the number one pick in the draft. And so that, that to me, I, mean, I can't, I can't answer the question of, what's more important or what's a better way to 
kind of rebound from this loss going forward? Is it to bring back, you know, uh, established young players like Jason Tatum? Or is it to take a wild flyer on, you know, Zion Williamson really being the next Charles Barkley? But, you know, on the positive side, I I know I've been a a downer um, (laughs) on this podcast, but in a way in a way that it hasn't seemed to be the case for lots of other teams that have faced the loss of a young star. Like they really, the Pelicans really do have a chance to get this right and keep it from completely burying their team for a decade. You know, it's going to, it's going to be a bummer. I mean, their attendance numbers are not good now and presumably are not going to get better in the next two years. But I mean, shit, if they get Zion and he's, you know, he's one of the biggest attractions attractions in the league, maybe we get a little basketball revival in New Orleans until this shit inevitably happens again in, you know, 2024. So the question that, you know, I said I, I, I thought I had an analogy for this, and at first I thought of... of you know what? What what comes next? I thought of Russell Westbrook in in Oklahoma City, but in some ways he's already always been there with a, another star. Though he has been there since the beginning of the franchise. But I think a better analogy, and and what's happening here is is in some ways it's a it's a sudden death of of your franchise potentially. Um, you know the whole thing is is worked out, but you know the opposite of sudden is slow meandering death of of you know, everything, your, your foundation. And so Max, I would ask of you, eventually, I think Tom Brady is going to stop playing football. And I mean this seriously, he's going to stop playing football. And, you know, you can talk about Julian Edelman or Danny Amendola or even Gronkowski, who, who really hasn't been there that long, all, all things considered. But those are bit players, but this is Tom Brady's show and maybe Bill Belichick's. Danny Amendola pitch, is also in Miami. Yeah, exactly. These exactly that. Wes Walker also moved on. These, but this is Tom Brady's team, and in many ways, the franchise existed before that. But is is it difficult to imagine a Patriots franchise more or less existing without Tom Brady? I think in many ways it might be similar to this. I mean, yeah, it's certainly difficult for someone my age. <laughs> I don't really remember a, a Patriots franchise without Tom Brady, except for a few fleeting memories. Yeah, well, so, I mean, they were, certainly they were really bad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Drew and, Bledsoe was great. No, no, no. I'm I mean, I'm talking about like in the '80s. I'm talking about. Well, when I they don't were remember getting, any of that. Right, I know, like when they were getting. <laughs> really, I thought you knew all about the '80s. Max. Like when they were getting dog walked off the field in the Super Bowl by the Bears. Mm, yes, uh, yeah. but that a that game that took fair. place in New Orleans. Yeah, um, I mean, but that's but that's just the, but at least, at least they got several Super Bowls out of the deal. We yeah. had, wow. you know, I, I don't. I don't mean to say we. I've never suited up for the New Orleans Hornets or Pelicans. Uh, I'm never going to. Don't you worry. Um, but, but they had, they had a guy who was like a top three player in the league for six years, and they have two playoff berths to show for it, 
and one playoff series win. And you know what? It's not enough to me to take solace in the fact that that's one more playoff series win than Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming had. It's not. It's not enough. It sucks. Dell Demps ruined this. Well, if they do decide to to tank and take your approach, you may actually get to suit up for them this season. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, If you want to be an optimist. Do they have another game against the Wizards? Maybe I could head up to D.C. and and be there, you know, on standby. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Tim, well, I don't know. Tim Frazier is still apparently employed by the New Orleans Pelicans. So he is, you know, I think he's I think he's holding your spot. Oh yes, uh, I, I am definitely a point guard. Yeah, I, I just—I mean, that's that's really all that that I could think of is just who who exists right now that so singularly defines a franchise. And I even mean, even though there's no winning, can, that's can I can I tell you who the answer is? Um, sure, it's Drew Brees. It's in New oh. Orleans. Drew Brees, the Saint. So the Patriots were shitty in the 80s that's fine but like i said tom benson was going to move the saints after katrina um and what happened they they lucked into uh the dolphins being dumbasses and they were able to sign a five foot eleven quarterback coming off of a pretty brutal shoulder injury Uh, and he only won a Super Bowl for what was a truly downtrodden NFL franchise. He I mean I, I don't I don't think it's crazy to argue that Drew Brees is as responsible for uh the state of New Orleans today as any single person period uh up to and including governors and presidents. Um so he's also 40 and so i've been thinking about this a lot too about like what's going to happen when he retires and you know that thought is a huge bummer and i was really i was really hoping that they would get another you know they would get another title one of the last two seasons um unfortunately caught nice kicks in the dick both years um but man it just it would have been you know it would have been so much sweeter to have a little more to look back nostalgically on when this is all over because it all ends at some point sometimes it ends suddenly like anthony davis deciding he wants to be traded sometimes it ends slowly like you know uh, i mean actually peyton, peyton manning, manning. Was, peyton manning wasn't even all that slow peyton manning far yeah oh that's Brett a good Favre. answer brett yeah. Favre. The only difference is that Brett Favre, Brett Favre's slow decline took place on a bunch of different In, teams, yeah. And so it was, it, it got kind of it was sadder nationally than I think it was for any one fan base. Um, but you know, everything is cyclical. It all it all comes to an end at some point, and I get kind of sucks to contemplate that right now. Yeah. That's why I'm really big on never ascending because you can't let anybody down if you don't get up. <laughs> That's why I'm a big fan of the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, no, wow. no issues there. No issues there. Free Kemba Walker. Oh, I just saw them play. Oh yeah, you did. How? Yeah. Did you see? Uh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> speaking of Danny Age, to come full circle of washing people, he uh, what, what was it? He really wanted the their pick that the Hornets ended up using on Frank Kaminsky so he could draft Justice Winslow, and they oh, were like, right. "No, we want to draft Frank Kaminsky, and we're scared of you, Danny Ainge." Oops. I mean. Oh Jesus, Michael Jordan, you know, not not a good friend office type. No. <clears throat> no, that's that is true. Speaking of people who also led to the Wizards decline, <laughs> though though never ascended certainly, but declined from mediocrity to to actual guns. <laughs> You're right. That that is what we do. That's what we needed to come full circle back to, which is that really it's only just it's all about how Washington is a terrible sports city and I'm, I'm you know <laughs> today today was a day full of dumb Bryce Harper stuff and, and maybe by the time this podcast posts we'll know where he's going but lots of people seemed to act like they knew where he was going today and obviously they didn't um, but who knows maybe you'll be dealing with this with this same sort of feeling in a couple weeks I'm, I'm I'm fine. I you know Alex Ovechkin, who who's been here his whole career and, and doesn't seem to be an asshole and and deserved to win, got a win, and uh, you know that's fine. That as is really the, the best case scenario. It, it's somebody who, it's someone who grinds and is great, but possibly underappreciated because the team doesn't win anything. He finally yeah. made it good. I mean, goddamn. Uh, Washingtonians seem to really love Alex Ovechkin, and so yeah. you know that that is the good side of this coin. So hey, I'm glad one of us is getting uh, is getting something good out of this. Uh, pretty sure Max has always gotten good shit out of this. No, so no, no, because because you know you know there was some sort of deal with the devil. There there's a karmic payback that's uh, coming. So I wouldn't I wouldn't get too smug about it. Yeah, imagine never drinking coffee or having tomatoes. Which or strawberries. The reason, or strawberries, which I think is the reason Anthony Davis is not going to stay in in uh, New Orleans, is the mixture of coffee and tomatoes at the French coffee place, which we had. If he had had that, he would be staying. Yep, and that is our sign that it's time to wrap this topic up. Uh, if you would like to commiserate with me, uh, <laughs> you can find me personally on twitter at sean mcgoey uh if you have other other thoughts about stuff you know stuff that we talked about come find us uh on facebook or twitter for the pod at pretty okay pod and let us know what you think all right um now that we've unburdened me uh it's time for us to unburden pierce it's uh it's pierce's sorry what are you getting off your chest today Oh, I, uh, I I don't know if I know Max has had it, but I don't know if you have both had it. But um, so there is a pastry shop in in Arlington, which is great and wonderful, and I cannot recommend it enough. Called Heidelberg, um, and it's a German style pastry shop, old, kind of old school pastry shop. Huge glass cases. You go there on a Saturday and Sunday. It's a buzz with people, and they have just. The most wonderful things from from Danish to pretzels because they are Germans. You can even get a bratwurst if you're into it. They have bread, they have cookies, they have cupcakes, and I got a coupon this past week to get twelve items from there, including six cupcakes, like three muffins, and three pastry items. Um, went there. It was wonderful. They even gave me a cookie while I was waiting on the other stuff because they're like it's busy. 
this this wonderful woman walked me through and I was like what should I get and she said this and this uh, she's like what bread do you want I was like I don't know what's your favorite and she gave me options we had a discussion about it in the pastry it was so so great here's the issue I know about this place because I've lived in Arlington for five years the coupon was welcoming me to the neighborhood and of course when I went there I was dishonest and I'm apologizing for being dishonest because they asked me where are you coming from and I went uh another part of northern Virginia and then thought I'm in on the lie and it wasn't entirely lie because I did <laughs> used moved, to live in Princeton well and you moved from another part of Arlington <laughs> yeah but what I didn't say would be I actually have lived here for five years and I've come to your shop on a number of times including buying a strudel which I ate myself that was the size of my forearm on multiple occasions <laughs> but I just it's like it's it's a lie that doesn't it's a victimless lie but there's also no reason for it and they wouldn't have not given me well I don't think they would have not given me the the items for for you know not being new to the neighborhood but I felt this urge to lie and there's no need for that. I mean, you can express your appreciation even if it should be for somebody else. Because I was sharing it with people who, you know, it doesn't really matter what they were new to the neighborhood. So I was extending, I was I was spreading their gospel, basically. Well, I God, I think that's the sincerest apology that you've ever given in almost 160 episodes. Yeah. I, well, it's probably because I really I, appreciate I have, that one. I have genuine human appreciation for that pastry shop because they are a, a local institution and these are the things that we should keep in business. And I will go back there and I will support them um, because they deserve it. It's not like, I don't right. know, Starbucks. Is this the place that Kevin brought us <laughs> items from when you moved? Yes. Oh, yes. Nice. Same coupon. Same so, coupon. Shouts to you for apologizing well. And uh, if you live in Arlington... Uh, go support Heisenberg Bakery. Heisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Following support last, them too. I couldn't. I couldn't just stop at Ozymandias. I, I watched the last yeah. two episodes over the last couple days as I was wallowing in my Anthony Davis related grief. Um, oh, that's... But that's not what I'm. I'm here to close the show with. Uh, we'll do a big idea from pop culture and um, coming from the world of music this week. There is a, a young lady named Maggie Rogers. Uh, she her. just put out her first full-length album, uh, and, and so there there was an occasion uh, for Lindsay Zolads to write like a profile of her for The Ringer, and so I was reading it today, uh, and, and the song that she burst onto the scene with uh, a couple of years ago is called Alaska, uh, and it was a song inspired by like a long solo hike where she had some emotional realizations and that sort of thing. Uh, but what was more important to me today was that it was uh, this was my first time to learn that part of the reason that song made it so big is that she was in uh, the uh, the prestigious Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music program at NYU, uh, and, and they had a, a day where uh, Magnum the Verb Lord came in. As like a guest Magnum lecturer, the verb lord. Uh, you know yes. him as Skateboard P. Uh, Max knows him as Pharrell. Um, and, and and she played this song for Pharrell, and for three minutes, Pharrell is just sitting there, transfixed. He is like the, uh, 
I was about to say the real-life human version of that Alonzo Mourning gif, but I realized Alonzo Mourning also a real-life human. Uh, so he was the musical version of that gif where he's, like, blown away. And he's like, I don't I don't get – this is real? Oh, okay. And he kind of, like, moves through the five stages of grief to the point where he's just like, wow, this is really good. And at the end of the song, he says, I've got no notes. This is, And he, he tells her about how – important it is you know if you're looking to to make a big bold artistic statement to really be true to yourself and and to be original and he says i've never heard anything like this i've never heard anyone who who mixed elements of folk and elements of dance music in this way like you are yourself and i had never seen that video i didn't know that was a thing that happened and so um I had a beast of a work day today, but spending a couple minutes uh, with that was was really nice. It was like a nice island in the middle of everything. I will I will <laughs> look at that because you know we have to speaking of supporting Arlington. I also have to support my fellow Virginians, of there which Magnum the Verb Lord is one. There you go, uh, and and you can you can go check that out by linking out to it from the show page. Uh, which uh, I will I will put there for you so you can get to it easily. Um, on that note, uh, that's the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod, or at our home on the web www.prettyokaypod.com. Uh, while you're there, check out our writing. We have writing. Uh, Pierce just wrote something about uh, going to to concerts and and the etiquette for for what to wear there. Um, etiquette indeed i'm sure that you know you you've all been uh yearning for another draconian pierce rule on how to live your life so uh go go check that out uh you can subscribe to the feed so you don't have to go looking for us you'll get podcast episodes every tuesday we're on apple Podcasts, spotify uh, most other places where you might listen if you do that please do us a favor leave a rating review comment that sort of thing or just think of a friend who, who might be interested in what we're doing and, and tell them about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye. Your company and your company.